This is a Podfire production. This podcast may have explicit themes and swearing and may not be suitable for children. The world is full of amazing people and once a week I get the opportunity to interview one of them. My name is Brett McCallum and this is Awesome Humans. Here's some shitty stats. 16% of Australian women have experienced domestic violence. 30 is the number of domestic violence related deaths. This was back in 2019 so far. 34,000 children sought homelessness services in 2016-2017 due to family domestic violence. It started with an emotional and psychological abuse, stealing and insults. It ended with her being beaten with a baseball bat to within inches of her life. Somehow she pulled through with lots of determination and support from her family and friends. And here she is today sharing a story to raise awareness around domestic violence. I want to just welcome Simone O'Brien. There's no other intro I could do. Hello. Hi, how are you going? How are you? Good. You look lovely today. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> hey, um, what I want, what I like to do is start this, is, as I mentioned earlier, it's all about you. I'd like to go back to the very, very start. Mm-hmm. What's your first ever memory? How far back can you go? Red flags. Red flags? Yeah, in the, in the nine months of the relationship. And yeah. there was no um, no swearing or anything. Never, yep. Um, Lifted a fist to myself or the children. Mm-hmm. Um, gentle giant, as in open car door, couldn't do enough uh, for me, myself and the children. And yeah. the little red flags of just deleting contacts out of my phone, mm, um, yeah. in which my 10-year-old son was, I was grounding him for it. Yeah. Stealing money out of my wallet, which again... Grounding the son. Grounding my son. The real turning point for me was um, one day I was getting my nails done and I had a SIM card back then that I was transferring over to a new phone. He goes, I'll go do that. Will you sit and enjoy your nails? He came back and said, I can't do it. It's split. I knew damn well it wasn't split before Mm. I gave it to him. But then flowers started coming to work, not just one bunch every couple of weeks. Every day I was getting flowers. It made me feel sick. That was was the point that just the sickness in my tummy, not, um, yeah, not feeling it right. Mm. That, that you know, in in insecurity, I suppose it was just overwhelming, and because I worked in a government building, so he couldn't get into the building to to see who I was actually working with. Yeah, um, and that was the clincher to me. Those little red flags. Wow, mm. it's it's funny, isn't it? Trusting your gut, finding these little things, and then it becomes true. And even now, um, as time goes on with what I do, um, that obviously needed to happen to me that gut feeling now i do it wherever i am if i don't feel comfortable you know doesn't happen or whatever get out of the situation yeah 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 so the podcast is going to be sad it's going to be happy it's going to be a roller coaster yep what's the best ever best ever simona brown story not giving up being here today love that yeah absolutely love that that's amazing so where were you born uh dimbula Country Victoria. Country Victoria, halfway between Melbourne and Adelaide. Wow, I've never heard of Dimboola. So is that where you grew up? Grew up there, yes. So primary school in Dimboola? and high school, yeah. Yeah. Mum mum and Dad still live there. So during those times, were you a a jock? Were you a nerd? Were you just a girl that everyone got on with? Uh, A very sporty person. Sporty person. Yeah, cheeky? Tried smoking when I was 15 and never (laughs) took it up. (laughs) That's always good. And if, uh, I yeah. went, if I asked one of your teachers at the time, mm-hmm. would they say you were a good kid or a bad kid? Uh, a good kid. Good kid. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And you were athletic, you said? Athletic, yeah. What good. sort of sports? Tennis. 
Love tennis? Loved it. Went overseas and played over there a bit. Uh, wow. Yeah, no, it was good. That's exciting. Yeah. So when you were at school, did you have hopes, dreams and ambitions to go to university or become something? No, do you know what? I was a five-year-old avid Collingwood supporter. Oh, you should tell that before we start the podcast. Yeah, we could right. leave. That's right. It's all over. Now, podcast is finished. Now I'm a true blue, one-eyed, toothless Collingwood supporter and I'm their ambassador. <laughs> <laughs> I like the one-eyed, toothless yeah, ambassador. Well, that's what they, they save them, so I'm a true blue, but yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that. So what, but did you ever want to, what's the sport? Tennis was the mm, sport. Tennis was the sport. And you were obviously good. pretty good at it. Yeah, I'll give it a go. Yeah. Yep. And you said you went overseas. What was that went for? Overseas, yeah. To represent Australia with um, Mark Philippoussis and Andrew Illy at the time, and there you go, um, Ray Woodford, which is Mark Woodford's dad, was my yeah. coach. So yeah, it was good. Loved and it. how did a young girl from Dimboola, did I get it right? Yep. yep, yep. Make that happen? Because uh, surely that wouldn't happen very often no, from a small little country town. Train twice a day, morning and night, and mum and dad obviously Ballarat's two and a half hours away. Went mm-hmm. and played Saturday afternoon tennis there then go home, then go back and play Shell Pennant in Melbourne the next morning. So it was a lot of travelling. <laughs> a lot of, you know, m- mum and dad can't yeah. thank them enough. Yeah. So mum and dad were the uh, couriers. Yes, couriers. Yeah. <laughs> and there was um, three other boys from around the area. So we, it was like once a oh, month. Oh, so you all went? A, yeah, 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 yeah. So we, we rotated once a month. So it was good. And yeah. why tennis? What what was the love of tennis? I don't know. It was just a real country thing and just growing up on the bitchy courts, you know, yeah. out in the middle of sticks and just Did mum and dad play tennis? Or? Mum did. Yeah, yeah. mum did. Yeah, yeah. Dad was a good um, footballer. He yeah. was asked to play for Essendon. But um, so, yeah, got a bit of both. So a bit James, of a sporty yeah. family from the start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. And so when you were at school and stuff, did you go and represent the school at, sp- at tennis and then the state and did all uh, that stuff? Not tennis wasn't a big thing then, but running. Obviously, I took up running okay. the fitness side of things. So then I was good at cross country and all that type of stuff as well. And then how do you make it in tennis yeah. as, uh, from, from a country town? Because obviously, like, if you're in the city, you're there, you get seen yep. by everyone and all that sort of stuff. So obviously, you must go to Ballarat and win tournaments and yep. do all that you've, sort of stuff. You've got to keep up. Like your name, I suppose it's like the the big tournaments. You've got to keep winning to to keep getting sponsorships and different things like that. Because back then there was no social media or any no, of that sort of stuff, so it not. was just sort of Word oh of that mouth. that young girl from yeah. the country's coming <laughs> into town today, is it? And then yep. and so you obviously were winning and stuff. Where'd yeah. you go overseas? Um, Canada, yeah, which was really nice and billeted there. It was amazing the um the family there. Van- yeah, Vancouver, um, yeah. Actually, I can't even name it off the top of my head right now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you went to Canada and you got you played some tennis there. And yep. how long did you stay over there for? Uh, six weeks. Oh, nice. Yeah, nice. That was good. So I was, good. I was only 15 at the time. Yeah. Yeah, but, you know. That's, that's pretty cool for a 15-year-old girl to get to go to Canada to play tennis. Put me on a on a plane and off Love you go. Love it. Yeah, yeah. No, it's good. And you're yeah, still in contact with the Canadians? Yeah, yeah. Um, what The husband has actually died. Yeah. But the the wife is still alive. And you, every each year you get Christmas cards and different things. So it's oh, really that's lovely. so nice, yeah, isn't no, it? Yeah, it's good. Really good. So then you come back to Australia. You're still you're 15. You're still in high school uh-huh. and that sort of stuff. And it was uni the option or what, what were you looking I actually, at there? Because of my tennis, I did actually finish school, completed year 11. And yep. I actually um, got a school-based like apprenticeship, okay. traineeship in a health food shop because it was right down my alley and then I could still do the tennis and, and work, work at the, at the same, same time. time. So, yeah, that's what I did. I didn't go to uni. No, you did no. I. Uni, no. uni wasn't needed. 
we, we got on with life, didn't we? Me and school weren't best friends. <laughs> you weren't? No, no. But the, uh, as we talk, the doctors and nurses and specialists say that I'm an A-plus student now. So oh, that's right. That's no. amazing. That's all yeah. that matters that's now. It, yeah, exactly. exactly. So then you, um, where did you, did you stay in that area the whole time or yeah. did you then move on? Yeah, when, no, when stayed. When did you move out? Stayed um, until, yeah. Just kept travelling. Didn't actually ever move to, to Melbourne to do okay. it. Just kept travelling. Kept travelling um, for and tennis. Yeah, yeah. And then it got to the stage for mum and dad because I'm one of three. So obviously my other siblings, it was – I had I had sponsorship for my clothing and rackets, but yep. it was the travel that you yeah. needed. The, that was a killer then. So that's the bit that's going to sort of – I had to make a decision and, um, yeah, I had to think of my other sisters. Oh, yeah. And were they good tennis players? Uh, or athletes? Not really. No, not you really. got it all. I sort of, yeah, did get it all, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it was, you know, I, they were better in different other areas yeah, than course. me. and Everyone um, got yeah. different skills. That's right, yeah. So when you, you've retired then? Yeah, well. Uh, or yeah, from from yeah. main As proper tennis? Yeah, proper tennis, competitive, yeah. Yeah, and um, big decision? It was, because I loved it. Yeah, it would have been hard. I didn't mind the the travel either. Um, that was, yeah, fine. I suppose because you get results at the end and, you know, you're, you're meeting different people outside the country yeah. as well. So, yeah, no, it was good. And hard. then after that, where are we next? Where are we next? Uh, working and... Still in... in, in yeah, in, in Dibola. In yep, Dibola, yeah. Yep. And um, actually met uh, a man who would play football in Darwin... In the off season, then come and get paid to play football in the Wimmera. Okay. There. So it was yep. like on off, on off, um, and we hit it off one year. Yeah. And so he stayed, and we went on to get engaged and had three children together. Yeah. And so we had our first child in the Wimmera, and <coughs> then Excuse his me. family lived in Brisbane, so I relocated to Brisbane. So the, yeah, okay. And um, had. Two for two, the the second two children in Brisbane with him. Boys or girls? Uh, two girls and a boy. Yep. And because um, we were married at a young age, children at a young age, we actually had too much money. Mm-hmm. And he was saying to me, let's go to Fiji, let's go to the races. You know, we lived the life. Yeah. But the kids weren't involved. Yes. And I just wanted to be a mum. And so we actually separated amic- am- amicably, amicably. Yep. and and Zach was only two and a half, three at this stage. And so then I went on to be a single mum in Brisbane. With three kids. With three children. And Gabby, my eldest at the time, 15, she was a state basketballer. So the kids ended up being very good basketballers because we lived at basketball stadiums and different things. So, wow. So, yeah, the three kids. So that's, yeah, Gabby, Ashlyn and Zach. Yep. Um, so they were 10 10, 12 and 15 at this stage yeah. and I was 37 and I thought to myself, um, obviously working two jobs up there, one with the government and um, I managed functions at night just to make ends meet yep. money with the kids and single um, mum, go do what you do. That's it and love having a beer and different things but not going out to nightclubs or pubs or, yeah. you know, kids with the kids and I thought, how am I going to meet someone? I didn't know if I was too old or not but um, <laughs> anyway... I got on the dating site. Okay. And um, I was cruising through that and had a light bulb moment. A real estate agent come up on there and I'd been in real estate prior to working with the government and I knew you had to have a police check to to get your real estate licence. And yep. I thought, bonus, you know, I you know, hard working, no, you know, that you've got to have the police check. So I've got to be a, bit, a little bit safe. Yeah, you know, of here course. With him. And so I clicked on him and... Um, Started chatting through the site and then he said, can I 
find, can I you know, text you um, through our numbers? I said, yeah, yeah. But I, I, I put boundaries in. It had to be at 9 o'clock at night because... Once the kids are in bed. Yep, yep, absolutely. And so that happened the same with phoning, um, 9 o'clock at night. And then he said, can we go on a date? I said, yeah, absolutely. And I was a, I was a, a bit How'd blown away. How did you go on your... Because like, obviously yeah. you hadn't dated for no. a long time. And yeah. that's what, that must have been a bit weird. It was. So the flower, he, he actually gave me flowers when he came to pick me up. I'm like, oh my goodness, what do I do with these? <laughs> um, and that was nice. But I actually had someone sitting with the three children. Even though Gabby was 15, yeah. I still, yeah, I was very protective. And did you tell the kids? Yeah, yeah, During yeah. this process? Like, no, I did. I've, I've I met I, someone and... I was open yep. with them. And Gab was my, my best friend. Yeah. I loved her. You know, she was not just my daughter, but yeah, treated her more like a best friend than a daughter, to be honest. And so we went off to dinner and then at dinner I'm thinking, now who pays? Do I? Does he? Or do you do halves? I was <laughs> yeah, not yeah. in that loop. Haven't done this for no. a while. But he did and I was very grateful and thought, oh, yeah, that's okay. That must be what. Gentlemen. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and you know, after getting the flowers and respecting my wishes of when to contact me at night yeah, yeah. and whatnot. And that was okay. So then we started dating, but this is where over a period of nine months these little red flags mm-hmm. grew. This is when it started. This is when it started. And, um, you know, the, the deleting of the contacts, you know, four, four or five times I, I could understand it. You know, with Zach, I was saying, you know, mate, what are you doing? Yeah. But then when it got past that, I'm thinking, no. This and was is it ridiculous. only blokes that were deleted? No, a whole lot. Oh, oh all Be- of the contacts. Yeah, because I was a single mum, obviously you've got so many contacts. Yeah, you know, picking everything up, drop you got to do, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And... Obviously, he didn't like it that I was in contact, you know, can you pick Zach up? Can you take Gabby yeah. here? You know, type of thing. So, yeah, a whole lot were gone. And, you know, trying to chase all them down was a nightmare. And had you introduced the kids to him yep, by this stage? Yep, had, yep, yep. I did that quite early yep. because I thought I don't want the kids to turn against me yeah, type of thing. So after, um, obviously, myself and him talking, um, texting and then the phone calls at night, that's when I thought, the first date that we went out, I the children knew I was dressed to go with him and yep. he, they seen him at the door. They didn't meet him that night as such because I just went off, but soon after they did because we, we decided to start dating. Yep. And um, and what did they, like, did they ever have any bad words to say about him at the start? Good question. Gabby um, never said a bad word about him, never let, it, never let him into her life. Was never rude or disrespectful, okay. but yeah, just I understand that. if if he um, like Zach loved it yeah. that male figure and doted on it to be honest with you. And he's only ten at this yes, stage. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So if um, if he said, and sorry, I, I can't say the perpetrator's no, name, that's, but that's fine. If the perpetrator said, you know, guys, we'll go get an ice cream. Like Zach would be in the car and gone, but Gabby go, no, 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 I'm, I'm all fine, right. Yeah. yeah, never took up the lift to school or mm-hmm. pick up or whatever. But that was fine, you know, and. And is that because she was protective of her mum yep. or the fact that um, she hadn't had that male? Like, obviously, at 15, th- you're a little bit yeah. different than you are when you're 10. I, th- I think a bit of both, actually. Okay. And knowing she knew how hard I worked to, to get the three kids. To get where you were. Yeah, 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 yeah. that's it. And um, so, yeah, that's the, there was so the deleting of the, the, um, the phone contacts. And then there was... Um, you know how it's one bill per table? Well, that was all just coming in back then. Mm-hmm. And so because I was taking him to meet my friends, I, I would flip the bill yep. and get the cash. And he'd always say to me on the way, oh, I forgot my card. I can't help you out tonight. Sorry about that. Not, and I'd you know, brush it off at the start. Mm, whatever. Yeah, yeah, whatever. But then when that money was going missing, once again, I was blaming Zach. Mm-hmm. You know, mummy can't afford tuck shop, mate. You know, and this is a couple of hundred dollars because you've been out and had drinks mm-hmm. and whatever. Didn't think much of it at the start, but then it was all these little red flags were coming in, yeah. and 
a guy actually owed me money and he said he'd left it on my bench for me, at, like a friend. And that was probably, there. it wasn't there when he said, and I was questioning, I said, I said are you sure you dropped it down? He said, yeah, 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 but never to be seen. So all these little things were starting and the big clencher was, was um, he actually started sending me flowers to work. Why? Not just one bunch every couple of weeks. It was every day. To one Why it, though? Don't know. Okay. To me, it was because he couldn't get into the building and yeah, see yeah. who I was working. So it was with. a control thing. Yeah, control thing. So people knew I had a, had a man in my life. Yeah, like, okay. Because I'd been single for so long. Because in case another bloke at work was trying to chat to you or whatever, yep. absolutely, he was claiming you. Claim absolutely, yeah, mm. claiming me. So that was the biggest. That was a, the clincher for me. And so Saturday, the twenty third of September, two thousand and twelve, I actually rang a friend. Prior to this, myself and my children hadn't experienced any domestic violence or yep. family violence from my mum and dad or siblings Anyone. or friends, no. Mm. And I said to her, I said, how do I get out of this now? I said, I'm in it. I don't know how to end it. And she said, let's let's do it on Monday when the, when you drop the kids at school. Do you know what? That was like, oh, yeah, that's great. Someone knows. I'm, mm. I'm, I'm sorted. So um, all weekend – didn't say anything, and then Monday morning dropped the children off. And was he living with you or anything at this stage? On an, uh, not, oh, no, not really. Overnight yes, staying overnight here, yeah. there. And so um, I dropped the kids off, and uh, the um, Zach was still in primary school and the two girls were in high school. And then I caught the train into the CBD um, for work, into the um, government building. And I thought to myself, how do I do this now? Like, do you ring, text, or email? Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, and so I did the gutless way and just text him. And it was like, oh, yes, done. And... Back then, you're not meant to, have, well, meant to have your phones like you do today, but I did look at it at lunchtime and I could see like a lot of messages. I didn't open them up or yeah. do anything. And then obviously by the time I got to the train that night, there were felt like there were hundreds in there. So during this phase, like the, the flowers and the red flags and that sort of stuff, are you ever thinking that you're in physical harm? I was what? Sorry. No, 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 not at all. Not so at you all. Never, you know, because obviously you'd never experienced that stuff. But you, no. you thought, oh, I'm just going to text this bloke. He'll bugger off, and I can just move on with my life and my kids. Absolutely, and that's what I actually told. Looking at going home that night, yeah. Um, getting home at six o'clock, and so you know, the, the two girls were home. Zachy was at basketball training this night, and I s said, "How's school?" You know, da da da. And they said, "You know, boring. Whatever you get." And I said, "Oh well, mummy ended the relationship today." Gabby did this big fist pump. And Ashlyn said, will he come back, mummy? And I'm teaching him life skills, saying, no, yeah. no, when you end a relationship, yeah, that's it. You know, it's all over. Next minute, there was a knock at the door, 6.06, and I had a little bit of a glass panel in the door, so I, I could see it was him. And I thought... Oh, had you looked at the messages yet? No, no. So you had hundreds, whatever yep. many there were, uh, yep. messages on your phone, yep. hadn't looked at them? No, or replied, okay. no, nothing. And um, we can get back to that later, but the mm. investigator just said there's, there was too many. I've never, ever... Obviously, they just had my phone. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I thought, oh, I'm teaching the girls life skills. I've got to pay respect. That's what I was brought up with, showing yep. respect. And so I went over and opened the door. I said, hey, how are you going? He goes, can we talk about this? And I said, oh, yeah, yeah, okay. And he was calm? He was calm. Yep, yeah. calm. And, so I, and he's uh, all I can remember him saying is, can we go into your bedroom? And I said, yeah, sure, because the girls were in the kitchen cooking mm. dinner. And um, he... He, I walked in first in my corporates and he walked in and he shut the door and the girls know that I don't shut doors because being that single mum. Yeah, cool. And so I could hear them outside and he said, why, why? And the only real one I can remember is I said to him, I said, look, I can't give you 110% of my time. I said, I want you to have someone that loves you wholly and solely. Mm. I said, I've got three kids, two jobs. I said, I can't give that, you know, to you. I said, um, I want you to have the best in life yep. type of thing. And next minute I know I'm on the floor and the investigators don't know if he 
pushed me in anger. So you don't remember this bit? No. no. Um, But I I remember looking up and a baseball bat was coming down on me. So I... Where'd the bat come from? Good question. We can go back to that later if if you like. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, And I knew my arm was broken in it. You'll see some tape on my arm here. Uh Because he hit me three or four times and I just yelled out to the girls, girls, come in and help mummy. Mummy needs your help. Gab looked at me and said, say, Mum, you can do anything. You can fix the car, the house, you know, yeah. being that single mum. But, you know, I honestly thought I was going to die because I, I leant on that arm and it just gave way. So I knew the bone was out the side. But So the girls come in? Yeah, the girls came in. Yep, yep, so yep. they opened the door. Opened the door. And yep. he was there with the bat. He was there with the bat. Yeah, yeah. Jesus. So the, I said, go and get mummy's help. And this is where now, Brett, in the world, um, I don't care what nationality we are or what how you yeah, look or whatever. Because I actually had Samoans one side and South Africa and the other. Yeah. If it wasn't for those two different nations, I wouldn't be here today mm-hmm. talking to you. They had to put their life on hold and come in. And they actually thought, Gabby, that girls were just playing games at the start because it's never dem- any domestic violence yeah. in my home. And they said to, obviously, mummy's got a broken arm. And so the South African lady came in and she was worked in pathology. And was he still in there he with the bat? He was still in the house, yep, yep. So the, um, all the services came by this time. They did accidentally hang up on Gabby. But um, the Samoans had to come in when the, all the police were there and, and get the um, perpetrator. And they told me that they took him out the front and they weren't allowed to hit him or do anything, but they told me that they planted his face into the dirt. And the <laughs> he Divi- knew that, that yeah, way. Yeah, until yeah. the Debbie van came. And the South African lady, she said, get me ta- – she ran in saying, asking, get me ice for mummy's arm because that's what the girl said, mummy had it broken. Yeah, yeah. But from 6.06 to 6.16 – that's when I endured 45 to 50 hits, they reckon, to the right side of my face. 45 to 50. Yep. They can't give an exact figure, but from the, the skull fractures, that's yeah. what they've been able to, to come up with. And you were conscious? I was Apparently I was talking to the South African lady at this time. I yeah. wanted to get up and cook dinner. And and then I I wanted to get up and get a tissue because she said my nose, I said my nose was running, but she knew my it face was just mush. Yeah. It was just blood. And so, yes, I was conscious. So she, in her statement, she had to justify all that as well. And what did the kids They do? didn't – they well, obviously got the yeah. their services and whatnot. Um, all they can say to me is, Mummy, you look dead in the back of the ambulance. So I've had to relay that back to them and ask the ambulance, um, Dr. Stephen Rashford, you know, what was said. And he goes, he act- actually had to put me into an, in a juice coma at the scene because I would have died. At the scene. The, at the scene. Because mm. any brain injury, your brain swells. Yeah. Um, and I, I would have um, – Choked myself with the swelling of, mm-hmm. of my head by the time I, they got me to hospital. So they did put me into an induced coma at the scene. And that was the Ambos that did that? That was the Ambos, yeah. Amazing yep. people, aren't they? Oh, do you know what? I've just hey. been blessed to meet them. and. Um, oh, you've got to see them again? Yeah, meet, meet them in person. Oh, and, that's uh, amazing. Amazing. Yeah, no, really good. So when the kids have walked in the room, mm-hmm. they've seen you on the ground. Yep. Did they see your face? No, at that stage, I hadn't. I hadn't been hit it was only my arm okay so they've come running in and, and, and you said, said go and get help yep and from yep. the time you said go and get help to the time when the south african lady come in yep you've been whacked 50 times yep. in the face with a baseball bat yep and what's he doing there at this stage he was still he still had actually had still the baseball bat. yeah still had the bat in his hand until the obviously the police came the Samoans came in and, and got him and just wanted to yeah wrestle him type of thing but yeah, and do you know what? No remorse even that night while he was locked up in a cell. Wow. Mm, nothing. And as I speak to you today, he actually still is pleading not guilty. Wow. Mm. Yep. So this is 10 years ago? Yep. So we sit here in 2022. Yep. 
And for the last 10 years, is he still locked up? He's still locked up. Okay. Well, that's a good thing. He got a, in Queensland, awesome result. If it was in Victoria, it would have been maybe two years and out in parole in eight months. That's atrocious. But he got life for attempted murder here. So he got life? Yep. Excellent. Yes. But life's not life, is it? No, life's not life. Yeah, but... Um, yeah. yeah. He's yeah, where he's supposed he, to be right he now. He gets um, extradited to Sydney. After that? Yeah, after that. Okay. Yeah. So, the bat. The bat. So Where did the bat come from? Obviously, even Zach had to do a statement. The kids were questioned on the bat. Six weeks prior to this actually happening, I'd actually said to the girls, like, Mummy's going to end and I just don't feel quite right. Zach obviously got wind of that and must have said something to the perpetrator and that's where the bat came into. He obviously knew oh. that I was going to call it off at some stage. Okay. Yeah. And that's where getting back to that story with the um, – I know I'm jumping around a yeah, bit Yeah, well that's fine. Jump, um, with the perpetrator and getting to, to meet him, like obviously I said, you know, um, asking with the real estate, not thinking he'd yeah. be married. He told me he hadn't been married and no kids. After that, two wives actually came forward after the hearing. Domestic violence? He, he actually assaulted both of them and they didn't report it. So that's my message today is we need to report because I shouldn't be sitting here Hell no. talking to you about domestic violence with that first wife because he wouldn't have got his real estate licence. Yeah. So that's the importance. Which means you wouldn't have actually then, uh, he's already got a police check or all that yeah, sort of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. He wouldn't have got that, got his yeah, real estate licence. So let's go back to the day yep. still. And the the obviously your son's at basketball training. Yep, that night, yep. So the girls have come and helped, done what they've got. You've got coppers there, you've got ambos, you've got yep. everyone's there at the house. What happened to the kids? They were taken to the police station. Zach, yep. Zach was taken from, um, obviously they rung... The coach, yeah, and the coach took Zach back to his house. Okay, and um, Gabby and Ashlyn had to go in and do their statement straight away that night. That night, and that how old? Fifteen and twelve. Twelve, yeah. But they were still there at two a.m. in the morning giving their statements. They actually had to go from the police station into the hospital, say goodbye to me at two a.m. on the twenty sixth, and that. Um, and I know I'm not looking at that's gut-wrenching for me because that actually turns into um, Ashlyn's birthday and she had to say goodbye to me on her birthday. On her birthday. Yep. You must be pretty tough. You fought uh, through all this. Uh, yeah, well, the next night I went back <laughs> again. Um, so I've had 52 operations. But as I no, speak. your daughter said goodbye to her on your birthday, on her birthday, right? In your head somewhere. You're obviously still in a coma at this stage. Yep. I don't understand what you do and don't know when you're in a coma and whether your brain still actually it still works, obviously, but yep. during this whole time, you're in a state, let's call it that for now, mm. and you've now said, no, bugger that, I'm not going to die, I'm going to, i got kids. Absolutely. Do you remember any of, no. when do you remember again? Apparently on the ninth day, um, a friend must have said to me, you're going to get through this, and I must have said no, I don't remember that. Yeah. Uh, the so you physically spoke that? I must have shook my head. Oh, okay, no, yeah. No, yeah. Um, the next, the only thing I can remember is arguing with a nurse, uh, waking up not knowing where, you were. where I was. Yeah. All I wanted to do was go to the toilet. I said, I'm a female, I need to go to the toilet. <laughs> I didn't know I had a catheter yeah, in. Of course. You know, yeah, I didn't, And no one was allowed to tell me what had happened because they didn't know my brain injury. Okay. Um, so they had to, because I was in such a state, the neurological testing was, you know, 18 months after. Yep. So they didn't, yeah, wanted me to 
be led astray by anything. And but you wake up, right? Uh, yep. Nine days later. How many, how many days from? The um, I was in ten days, and then I was, I was slowly waking up after that. So when did the kids get told you're not dead? They kept coming in. So oh, then, on a daily so, basis? Yeah, on a daily yeah. basis. So the next night they had to come back and say goodbye again. Okay. They gave me 3 to 5% chance of surviving that night. Yeah. But they said if mummy does, she's going to be a vegetable. She's going to be not be able to walk, talk or – as I was laying So they'll be pretty honest with the kids. As, um, upfront and honest, yeah. Which is absolutely. the way you'd want it. Absolutely. Yeah. And when I did come around, I was noticing Zach wasn't coming up to see me. Mm-hmm. And like over here, he was, you know, my, my boy, my man. Mm-hmm. And – um. I have since found out Zach did come up every day and see me, but he was vomiting and crying out in the, the um, passageway to the doctors and nurses oh. because he's going, that's not my mummy in there. Oh. He'd, he'd seen me. I dropped him off in the morning as normal. And, and then I hadn't seen you since. Hadn't seen me since. And obviously yeah. you were unrecognisable as well. Yep. Apparently people only recognise me from my nails. Wow. My head was, well, well yeah, I've seen photos. It was pretty big. Um, how'd the kids go during this time? Did they get closer? Yeah, Gabby. Did she take a mother role? No, she actually went into a shell. She did, did she? Yeah, she Gabby. Went the other way. Yeah, okay. went the other way. Wouldn't have counselling. I remember her like looking back now in yep. photos. It looked like she had the the world on her shoulders. Yeah. And since going through treatment with her and got her into Reiki, and the Reiki therapist actually told me Gabby actually took blame for what had happened to you. And that was because she never actually let him into her life. Yeah. So we've had to, you know, cut cords and different things on that. Yeah, of course. And she's a totally different child now. But um, she's a woman. Then. She's a. She's, <laughs> she's, she is. She's, she's twenty five. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and that's where it's um, it's not just the the, the survivor who is affected; it's that ripple. Uh, exactly, and that, that's the thing I think that people don't realise is the amount of people around the survivor. Yes. Um, are also traumatically affected absolutely and the fact that they've got to get through and they're survivors as well yes that's why i look at it because it's not just you you're the one that got you're in you're asleep for 10 days yeah whereas they were like coming in saying goodbye to their mum every day that exactly that's fucked up didn't know seriously like that's that's something that you don't expect ever no or want anyone ever to go exactly and you know for months they didn't know what i was going to be like yeah you know and i look back photos now and i think those poor kids how Mm. you know how can they Come in even more as a brain rehab ward, you know, trying to learn how to put my bra on again, yeah. you know, trying to put one foot in, in front of another. And I think those those kids, you know, it's just – but, yeah, they're, they're warriors. So who then looked after them during your recovery? Well, their um, biological father yep. had to come in, but he didn't want to. My sister had to ring him four or five times and oh, say, really? your, your kids <laughs> are left stranded. Um, so he eventually did step up. And um, yeah, take care of them, which was good. Yeah, and obviously the because I had a community, being that single mum, of course, had a um, community around you. Yeah, they would you know pick up, drop off the kids, yeah, yeah. and basketball training. So their life still went on as, as per normal, as close as you can. Yeah, um, apart from having to come and see me. So how long were you in hospital? Uh, three and a half months. Yep, and then the brain rehab ward, which I. I hated to yeah. be honest with you. Um, I needed. I had to learn how to do everything again. Did you feel? And I've, I've never had brain injury, but did you? I've heard that one part of your brain says I'm actually perfectly fine and I can do everything, and you know what you're doing. But the other part doesn't let you do so what true. you think. Like you were saying before about putting your bra on. Yeah. Like I know how to put a bra on, but then you go to do it, and it's like actually like that doesn't work. No. <laughs> like, 
Or having a shower. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So it, it must be um, frustrating. Yeah, well, do you know what? And funny you say that because I had to go through a neurological testing to see what was wrong with my yep. brain. And I can remember the waves I was going through. I was angry, crying, everything, happy. And, but I'm, I'm there till – and I can remember saying to the, the tester – this is not fair. I have to go through this and he doesn't have to. Well, you know, I'm the one that's injured in all this, you know, from being perfectly fine and they wanted to find out what was actually wrong with me. And one bonus is they couldn't find nothing. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was no brain. Yeah, no, of oh, they, they couldn't find a brain either, but uh, yeah. <laughs> What's his big empty hole? No. Yeah, that's it. No, and that's totally, you know, unbelievable when you see photos and whatever, but I'm – you know, as the um, Dr. Stephen Rashford said, that they're so thankful he did hit me so many times because of my shell, my skull shattering, it, it helped with my brain movement so there was no brain damage. Wow. Mm. So how's that one work? Explain that to me. So like any fracture, it's all little bits. Yeah, yeah. So any brain injury, your brain just swells. Yeah, okay. So my brain was swelling, but because my, my skull was actually shattered. It oh, was it actually all, went with it. It was going with it. Oh, so it doesn't actually hold it in, which, no. which therefore causes the damage. No, so now I'm all my right side of my face is all titanium plated, so I'm all bolted and screwed to back together. Yeah, uh, yeah. So Isn't that, that amazing. I, you know, I can't thank the perpetrator enough. That's <laughs> and I, you know, that's what they said. Lucky <coughs> he did hit you so many yeah. times. If I was only five or ten, I wouldn't be here. Wow. Yeah, or I'd be at that vegetable because you, if you break your skull. Yeah, is, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. It does, absolutely. It's, once yeah. again, fucked up, but it makes sense. Yeah, and <laughs> do you know what? And that's why I have to show that photo of my skull because people go, oh, wow, that is unbelievable. You know, and yeah. So you get, you're get getting better. You've got you've gone to the brain rehab clinic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. How long are you in there? Uh, ten and a half weeks. Okay. Um, hated every day, cried. So we're probably, what, six months-ish yep. before you get to go home. Yeah, yeah, yep, yep. And when you get home, mm-hmm. you go into the room. No, I, no, they actually packed up my home. Oh, you moved homes? They Well, they didn't think I was going to die. They thought they I thought was going to die, die, so they packed, so they your, packed it up. Yeah. All my f- stuff was in storage. And so when I was still in hospital yep. and they said, okay, brain re- you've got to get back into normal clothes, out of your pyjamas, out of bed, yeah. Ty- Go down to the restaurant, eat like a normal. You got to do stuff. Yep. Yeah, and so everyone was going. Oh, Simone, I went and bought you some stuff today. Bought you some new Lauren Jane clothes. Here's some sneakers, and I'm saying, just go to a wardrobe. I've got yeah. heaps of clothes at home, but they weren't allowed to tell me that they'd packed everything up. That everything was packed up in storage. Yeah, so I was, you know, trying to figure out why am I getting new clothes when I'm sitting here in hospital. Yeah. So yeah, so I didn't, yeah, didn't go back to the. So when the you home. say they weren't allowed to tell you this stuff. Who's the doctors said no? Yeah, because they didn't know my brain injury. Okay, so they so didn't know if to trigger something or do something or that. Sort of yeah, stuff. That or makes sense. if how I was going to remember what actually happened because okay. I I was oblivious. I didn't know. I kept saying, "What? Why am I here? What happened to me?" Because one thing that's that's really interesting during this conversation is you're exact with times. Yes, you're exact with dates and yep. days and that sort of stuff. And I know it's obviously you've gone through this whole process yep. a lot of times, but from when you remember to when you remember, how long's that gap? Oh, uh, a long time. Like years? Yeah, years. And yeah. you know what? I my brain was so foggy and I at my my sister took me to just a skin specialist, you know, because I've got um beautiful war wounds all over my body yeah. just to make sure they're all okay. And that skin specialist actually said to me, she goes, just off the cuff, Simone, she goes, Do you take Ostalon vitamin D? 
And I said, no. And she goes, for any brain injury, you should. Mm-hmm. Do you know what? Started taking that. My brain is now is, fog is gone? Crisp, gone. Crisp as. Just go to the supermarket and buy it. Yeah. But cannot rave on it enough. Yeah. And so did that then allow some memories to come back? Obviously, yeah. And obviously, um, I was starting to unpack things my, okay. myself. So like you're working at, it out as yeah, well as the memory. Yeah. Obviously, there's now photos. There's now this. And you're actually seeing. So yep. you're creating the story my, in your head. In, in my own. Yes, yeah. exactly. And started to ask questions, you know. Am I safe here? And different things like that while I was in the hospital. Yep. And yeah. So, yeah, breaking things down, I suppose, which is what I do now with anything. I'm sure you do. <laughs> so, during this time, when did you find out where the perpetrator was? I'd actually been moved to the brain rehab ward and I was in the room closest to the desk. Yeah. And on, it was nine o'clock at night and change over of staff. And I was obviously awake because I didn't want to move from the uh, Royal Ch- Women's and Children's yeah. Hospital because. I, that was my, that was I safe. thought that was my safe haven. Yeah. And um, I actually heard two staff members telling another two staff members, oh, we've got Simone O'Brien in today. And they said, oh, okay, she's the one that was bowled with the baseball bat. That's how I found out. So obviously I didn't sleep. Okay. I didn't sleep that night. Then the next day my sister so came. So you hadn't in. actually been told what no. had happened? No. Okay. No. So then they had to get, you know, all the, the psychs and different yeah. things in because I was a mess. Thinking, wow, what sure happened? Weren't. You know, so yeah. yeah, it was it was it was scary. And yeah, because it's really interesting the way that once again the brain works. Because mm-hmm. then when you hear that, your mind goes straight to oh, fuck. Is he here? What what's the absolutely like? Yep. Where where am I? How's it so? So did you know it was him? Oh no, I didn't. I said, did I have a partner? Did I have someone? Okay, so you didn't I was, remember that bit? No, I yeah. couldn't. No, and that's where the um I've been able to help. The ambulance officers now, with because apparently at the scene I was in excruciating pain. I don't remember that. Yeah. But they've been able to block the medication that they use. I don't have any nightmares. I don't remember any. Any of that. Any any to the face. Only the arm. Yeah. And so that's where the medication that they've given me has blocked all that out. Yeah. Well, that's a good the, thing. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I don't have yeah nightmares. I sleep well. Uh, yeah. Everything. So then, did someone then come in and say? This is what happened. Had to explain it to me, yeah, and break it down, obviously, yeah. And obviously, yeah, at this stage you've got a, a swelled brain. Yes. You're in the brain clinic. Yep. Um, and did you get it then or did that take a while it to sink in? It took a while, yeah. Obviously, you know, I had – my day wasn't to learn how to put a bra on. It yeah. was my mental state first. Yeah, no, of course. Because I couldn't even eat at that stage um, a McDonald's chip. Yeah. Like to fit it in my jaw, yeah. So everything was – it was coming to fruition that yep. why am I like this? So then once once we're now getting better, right, yep. and we're moving along, we're getting better, um, did the perpetrator get put away straight away? Yep, in remand, yeah. And then Never. was it a long-winded? Two and a half years. Really? It took me to till I could, till the doctors would give permission for me to give a statement. Okay. Yeah, and that he was in remand that whole time. And? The court case and everything that happened there. Yep. Did you go? I the children did theirs first by video, mm-hmm. and then I did mine by video on the first Monday. Yep. Um, because I, yeah, wasn't strong enough to go into mm-hmm. the room, and then there were seventy odd witnesses that they had for the week. I, I I didn't have to go. They actually flew me back down to Victoria. Yep. But then the um, magistrate did want me there on the Monday for the sentencing. So you went in. I did. I did go in do with the children. That? I do, and I 
had to. You I had the kids with you. Kids wanted to come. Yep. They'd written their impact statements, and I'd written my impact statement. And for some unknown reason, I was determined to read it to the judge. And because I couldn't see like that with that eye. Yep. I just felt like I'm talking to you now, one on one. With and he the, was over there. And he was there in the in the box. So when you saw him, did you remember him? Not really. Okay. I didn't. I didn't have That's a good, good thing too. I didn't have a good look at him. Okay. I didn't. I. I'll be honest. Like I wouldn't look at him like I'm looking at you. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, I just knew he was there, and I was safe. Yeah, yeah. Because um, I had everyone around you. I had everyone around me. Yeah, so it was. Yeah. And did you show any remorse? No, nothing. Not what I could see, and obviously not what anyone told you. That told you'd me. Seen. Yeah, no. And then the kids did their impact statements or they just had them, handed that's, them in? That's what they were really um, saddened about was because the barrister actually just handed them straight to the judge and the judge didn't read them out. Okay. And so obviously every perpetrator gets to appeal, so he did appeal it. And Ashlyn, my middle daughter, who is the one that is the one that's suffering mentally the most, yeah. she said, right, I'm going to get there and I'm going to read my impact statement out this time. You know, just... Yeah. Those, those little things was uh, what she uh, wanted to get off, yeah, off her sure. chest. But, yeah, um, to, to be voiced, I suppose, yeah. You've got to hear your voice. That's it, exactly, yeah. So, 10 years down the line, mm-hmm. physically, are you better? Do you know what? I'm in the best state physically and mentally I've ever been. That's amazing. Never been a gym person. Yep. Love the gym now, as in doing weights. Yeah. And just put me in a d- totally different um, light in my life and... Never, um, never thought I would run a marathon. I was asked to run the New York Marathon, which is the world's biggest marathon. Yeah. And my message there was I wanted to prove to everyone in this world you can go from the brink of death and run the world's biggest marathon. That's so cool. Did you do it? I did. 2008, How 2018. How long did it take Four hours and 14 minutes. Jesus, that's quick. I, I was determined. <laughs> Between operations, I trained. I'd get up at like 1 a.m. in the morning yeah. on a 30K because it was – you know, take three hours to run 30K because I'd have to be back. It takes me three hours to drive 30K, <laughs> but let's go. <keep> <laughs> um, and to climatise my body because yeah. it was snowing the day I left there to come back home. And, yeah, I really put a lot of thought. So now life, um, we're now turning this negative into a positive. That's what I want to do around our you world. You cannot be beaten. No, never give up. Keep smiling and stay positive. How's the kids? Still Ashlyn, um, 22 now, yep. and still mentally, mummy, will I ever have a boyfriend? Mm-hmm. And I'll say, when we get you right, you'll yep. attract the most beautiful person mm-hmm. into your life. So Gabby, she's seeing the right people and yep. doing that stuff and that's They're helping? Still all, do, all doing that yep. and not embarrassed. And do you know what? I still have um, counselling twice a week, not yeah. embarrassed at all. I like to be in the best headspace now. Of that, course you do. So that I can help, you know, the next person yeah. and our next generations um, coming through. And I've already spoken to a school this morning that are in this area of yeah. domestic wanting to make a change. And, you know, just the the applause that you get from them, the smiles on their face that they want to be on this journey too, that, that's what makes me so excited. And what about um, your son? Zach's good. Hasn't had a girlfriend yet. Mm-hmm. Um, very tentative in that field. Yeah, of course. Acting like he wants just to be the boy. Mm-hmm. Um, and once again, I think it'll be just watch this space with him. I'm not pushing it, you know. He's, he's very, you know... And they work and are they active? What yeah, are they all, up to? all very active teachers, um, beauty therapist, and a builder. There you go. Yeah, no, they're all done. Um, so you've done well. They've done really well out, outside this space yep. of it, and they they see me doing stuff with in this space on a daily thing, and you know they know that they're they're going to go far, as in 
one day I would like to think that they were a voice for our next generations growing up as well. Without doubt, without doubt. So you're amazing. And you, and the thing is what you're trying to do now is educate people. Absolutely. That it's not right. No, and to, to let people know that it's okay to talk about it. Yep. Don't, don't monocle it and push it under the carpet. Let's bring back – and that's what I tell some young students today. I said – Let's bring it that it's a positive in life. We Mm -hmm. want to stop this epidemic. You know, as I speak to you, 25 young people from babies to 16 have lost their lives because of domestic violence this year. That's not on. That's what I want to protect, you know. Unbelievable. Absolutely. So if they can have a voice at at a little five-year-old and say, Mm -hmm. look, this happened and I'm not here boohooing men, it's it's both sexes that we need to work with, either can be perpetrators. And that's where if we can get these little red flags out and help our next generations – we're going to go further in life than, than not speaking about it. Have you ever wanted to speak to the perpetrator? No. Don't um, Dusted, move on. Do you know what? That's that's a negative for me. Yep. And if I can just help our next generations coming through and put my positive energy um, into something that's going to help make a change. Yeah, no, don't want to. Don't, don't even want to see him again. No. That's good. Yeah, no. Yeah, no, and no. The, the thing I love about that is that straight away, nope, this yep. is what I'm doing, this is where I'm moving. Yep. Let's have a move on. So what are you doing to um, change the world? I've just actually come back from being asked to speak in Paris. <laughs> How cool is that? Have you ever been to Paris? No. Do you want me to say something really weird about Paris? Uh-huh. They do the best hot dogs in the world in their, Paris. Their pastries were good too. I love their pastries. <laughs> but they do these hot dogs with the um, cheese melted on top. Oh, yum. And like, I don't, everyone says to me, oh, Paris, it's all this. Well, I love the hot dogs in yeah, Paris. Yeah, anyway. well, there you go. <laughs> um, and, you know, I'll be honest, the first day there, I got there, obviously, um, being invited. I felt comfortable. Who in invited sh- you? Um, I now I've had a mind blank. Of That's all right. Um, it'll come to me. Um, so it was like a, was it a um, conference or was yeah, it a, yeah, um, okay. For, for women, powerful women in the world okay. um, conference. And, Must um, have met some people there. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, they actually asked me back in May, and in Queensland, May is very big on DVFE yep. month. So I spend a lot of time actually up further north, Queensland, kind of Malachalaville, Townsville, mm-hmm. you know, um, doing a lot of work with young kids, police, everything. They asked me then, I was exhausted just from travelling, yeah. and I actually said no. And they said, really? And I said, yeah. And they said, so do you want to think about it? I said, oh, look, ring me in a couple of months if you want to. <laughs> and they did. They did a Zoom. And um, I just thought, what the heck? Why not? Why not? I was in such a good space. And um, so, yeah, toured over there and got a standing ovation. Oh, how cool is that? Um, and while I was there, have been invited back to speak at Oxford University next year. Wow. And being back here in Australia, I've been um, asked to go to Spain, back to Paris, and it's New York was on Monday. Wow. So from a negative, I just want to keep this positive. So is this feel. is this your career now as well? So you I've never p- been a speaker, I've never been a public speaker and But you are now. Well, obviously, but you know, I'm just speaking <laughs> But from are heart. they paying you for this? Yeah, it obviously so, and But um, that's, that's what I mean. So that's now your career. It is, yep. And the fact that you've got a career where you can change the world, that's pretty cool. Absolutely. And do you know what it's um some of the things I've done I've never wanted or hasn't been a goal, but I just ticking boxes, I suppose. Yeah. It's, um, I just want to keep making a change. So when you're at the most powerful women in the world conference, 
um, Wonder Woman's conference. What? Uh, who's the most amazing person you met there? You can um, name drop. DD actually. DD. Yeah. What? Who's DD? She is from New York, and mm-hmm. she's connected with me, and she's just an amazing speaker. Just easygoing. Yeah. And obviously, there is it. What entre- entrepreneurs? Yes. Um, I don't look at myself as an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, just you know, I just, I suppose. I've got to pinch myself to think, well, I was just up there speaking on that stage as well. And Do you get nervous? No. Like, I just wing it. Like, today I'm just yeah. winging it. But that's what it's about. Yeah, absolutely. If, you, if it's... If, if you can't speak from the heart, abso- then yeah. don't speak at all. No. That's I, my opinion. I totally agree. And whatever um, comes out, you know, I'm not... Um, I was never an A-plus student, as mm-hmm. I said. So, I'm easy listening, apparently. Have you um, ever stuffed up Big Tom on stage? No. You haven't? No. You should do that at least once. It's fun. No. You look, you look at the crowd and you go, uh-oh, shouldn't have said that, and then move on. <laughs> oh, sorry. Probably the only thing is um, if I send the wrong slide presentation through. Oh, okay. Like today I, I did with the students, I'll admit. Oops. Yeah, but, you know, I winged it. <laughs> you winged it, exactly. I winged it, changed They it wouldn't even know. No, no. And I've um speaking with the Queensland Premier in a couple of weeks and I'm – Really looking forward to. I'm stoked to see my slides for that. I just, I know I'm going to nail it. That's so good. You know, you just, you know, before you what, um, just going in. I went, spoke in Sydney last week, and all I wanted to do to that room was empower them so that they're the ones that walk out of the room feeling powerful. And that's amazing. I did it. I, did I thought it. I wanted to. I, d- I didn't tell them beforehand, but mm-hmm. yeah, that you know, that was what. You get a vibe from the audience. Yeah, and, for sure. Um, yeah, just you know, you know when you make a difference you, you in someone's feeling, day, yeah. don't you? Absolutely. Absolutely. And the fact that you can—that's uh, why I love doing um, public speaking because you can actually change every single person in that rooms. Um, they woke up and they're having a shit day. Yep. And they come and see you speak, and they walk out going, "Wow!" Yeah. Like now I'm inspired. I'm going to go change the world. Yeah, absolutely. And to to have that ability over people is pretty. Pretty amazing, and, and yeah, I, I'm just me. I don't take any, you know, accolades or anything. But you just know, you can see people walking out of that room smiling and just chuffed. We can do this. It's and pretty cool, isn't it? Absolutely, you know. And as you said before, like if you can touch even just one person, and the the fact is, if one woman sits up and goes, "Fuck it, I'm not taking this anymore. Yeah. This is what's happened to me," yeah. and that asshole, and vice versa, as yeah. you did mention, which I think is actually a really important thing, is it's not just no. Uh, men perpetrators. There are a lot of women perpetrators out absolutely, there absolutely. as well. And men are obviously normally too tough to speak. Yep. And that's one of the my big things that I like to do is I like to talk to men and say it's okay to talk. Absolutely. Like, um, I'm more than proud that I had a psychologist save my life. He there changed He changed the way I think yeah. and he changed the attitude that I have towards life. Yeah. And the fact that I went to a psychologist, yeah, I got help. Only because my wife told me I had to. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, saved my marriage, saved my life, and an amazing wife with kids. And, like, you look at that now and um, you see there and go, well, that was pretty fucking easy, wasn't it? Like, all I had to do was talk to someone. That's right. And I've actually started speaking to perpetrators. Yep. And in that, there was actually men that had self-referred themselves because they could see what their dad used to show them and they were actually starting to do it to their young children. 
you know what? That's that's a bonus. Self refer yourself. Who cares? I um, you're only going to get benefit out of it yourself. I was on a podcast earlier today as well, and was being interviewed about. I read a book called "Kids Aren't Born Assholes; They're Taught to Become Assholes," and the whole thing about that is that a kid doesn't pop out of the womb and know everything. They actually learn behaviour off their parents or off people they're surrounded with and people that – so you get all these these people that are either alcoholics or drug addicts or abusers or perpetrators um, who – oh, it's, it's what my dad did, it's what I learned um, or what my mum did or whatever yeah. way that works. And the fact that they can actually turn themselves in to get fixed, fixed. or helped absolutely is even bigger. That's right. Yeah. And they identify that. And I think it's amazing that they're actually coming to listen to you and that you're doing that to help them as well. Yeah, but I mean, acknowledgement to you as well, knowing that you need to get help. Yeah. To, to save, you know, your marriage, your family, whatever. 100%. It's, you know, and that's why I suppose I'm proud to sit here and say, yeah, I'm, I'm still having counselling. Yeah. It's nothing wrong with it. It it's, puts us all in the, the right headspace and we're not going to harm that next person. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's whether it's, you know, your mum, your daughter, whoever, it's, um Yeah. My motto is just never give up, keep smiling, staying positive. Yep. And that's what I do every day in my life. You know, negative stuff, I just, it can be changed. Yeah, and can. Yeah, do you know, I'm, and I'm not big on accolades. I just I just want to help make a change. And if I can put that those three words that are free into someone else's brain to help make a difference, I'm chuffed. Is there one person or a, a, a couple of people that you want to thank? My heroes, my next-door neighbours. Yeah. Dr. Lynham and Dr. Stephen Rashford. And why do you want to thank them? Because they saved my life. It's a pretty cool reason to thank <laughs> someone, isn't it? Absolutely. How did you go meet the Ambos? That was, I actually spoke to them. Yeah. And then they told me there's some people we want you to meet and they're actually in the crowd. Oh, really? Yeah. Yep, and so they actually did do a big thing on it. Was, uh, it was amazing. How emotional was that? Because you wouldn't I have even remembered who they were. No, I didn't even. I, no, I didn't even know they were there. And yep. the fact that the, they would have went through massive trauma, just Absolutely. seeing the state you're in and all that sort of stuff as well. Yeah. But the, these amazing human beings that can then put you into a coma—they're the ones that saved your life. And you know what? They um, they weren't expecting me to live. And even the next day, um. Obviously, I still have treatment every seven to ten days yeah. now. And I just want to share this little bit, speaking of, of yeah. that. And um, obviously, I went in on a Monday night at some time. And um, my eye doctor just recently, because I've got a uh, fake eye here. Uh-huh. And and we just got talking because he was like, oh, you look amazing. Da-da. And I just said to him, said, how was I when we first met? I said, was it in a wheelchair or what was I doing? And he said, he can't remember. He goes, but one thing he can, he can remember is... He said, you came in on a Monday night. He goes, I went into the um, staff room to get a coffee the Tuesday at 10 o'clock the next day. He said, 50 surgeons walked in. And he said to one of them, he goes, what, what's happening here? What's going on? And they just said, Simone O'Brien was bashed last night. She's not going to make it. That's what he remembers. Oh, I've just gone all tingly now. Mm. And wow. you know, So I'm just finding out all these stories. So do you find out more all the time? Yep. Every every day I find something new about myself, and I just think, "Wow, was that me?" But you know what? It's, it's just people send me photos of of different stages of my life, yeah. and um, it's just so hard to believe. And I suppose that's where I just want to put that message out to everyone: is don't give up. Never. Yeah, just keep smiling. It's there. There. 
there's a black tunnel you can get out of it because mm. I, I honestly thought there was no of course getting out. But um, you know the now fact that you sat here is just so inspirational. It's insane. You know, and it, just appreciate the little things. My hair. Yeah, I've I've rocked many a weird and wonderful hairdos with half head shaved hair, <laughs> skull out, you know, yeah. skull in, and um, just just yeah, take it as it is. And I I know I look different to every other beautiful woman, but do you know what? I'm proud to be there to help that next person. Of course you are. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, quick fire questions. Are you ready? Okay. What's your favourite food? Lollies. Lollies? And I've got them in my bag. What's your favourite lolly? <laughs> Alan's. What, any particular one? Oh, no, just the whole bag. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's your favourite song? Um, any Cold Chisel. Love a bit of chisel. Yep, yep. Favourite place in the world? Somewhere with my kids. What's next? <laughs> I've been asked to run for parliament. Are you going to do it? I'll wing it. If I get in, I get in. Hell yeah. Speaking with the Queensland Premier in a couple of weeks, I've just busy schedule coming up with 16 days of activism and, um, yeah, just winging it. Just winging life. Just, just wake up that. each day, go for a run, and do you know what? For the first time, and I want this message out yeah. to everyone, is um, have love and respect for yourself. Do your self-care. I said I've, I've never loved and respected myself, and I actually do now. I'm not in a snobbish way, but just giving yourself that time you to you put yourself heal. first. Absolutely. Yep. Well, Simone, this has been an unbelievable story. It's amazing. The fact that you're sitting here um, is so inspiring, and... I really, really appreciate your time today. As far as I'm concerned, you're an awesome human. Thank you so much. 